This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c What I see a lot with shyness is that we put so much pressure on our child to fit a certain social norm of going to say hi to people and doing X, Y, and Z, that we put all that pressure that they can't just listen to their own intuition and say, okay, this is what I need. This is what makes me feel comfortable. Because when we can allow them to do that, then they actually may do the social norm. They may start to go say hi. They may start to do all the things that I mentioned after the grounding exercises, once they feel comfortable. But if we, from the beginning, put the pressure on them, right? Like to be a certain way, act a certain way, say certain things. We don't just allow them that pause and that freedom to just be themselves and learn and observe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pete's Dog Talk podcast. I am filled with so much joy seeing how you all return to this podcast week to week, leave your reviews and just show up to this community on Instagram and this podcast. So thank you so much for being here, tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I am talking with a parent about her two-year-old son and his shyness. I love talking about shyness because I think society still in 2022 does not think that shyness is a good trait when in actuality, I think it is a superpower. You're going to hear me talk to her all about shyness, how to approach your shy child and so much more. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. So tell me what is on your mind today as a mom? Uh, So I have a two-year-old son and he tends toward shyness um, and feeling shy in new situations and also around new people or large crowds of people. And so kind of what is on my mind with that is, first of all, how I can help support him and make him feel comfortable. Also, how I can help him feel confident because I grew up being labeled as a shy child. And Mm -hmm. that can really drain on your confidence when you're, you know, when it's labeled more as an identity and not a feeling. Um, And so that's something that I've struggled with. And then another thing that is on my mind with that is other people, other adults reactions to him being shy and kind of the commentary that goes along with that, that he might take in and how I as a parent can help not have him feel that negative sense of identity that I felt, you know, when people told me that I was shy as a child and everything that came along with that. You just said that when you were younger, you got labeled as shy and that society, I agree with you, really labels adults and children 
as, oh, shy is a bad thing when it's actually, like you said, just a personality trait and it's a feeling and it's just who we are. Like some people are shy. Some people are not shy and that's okay. Everyone is just different in temperament. I love that word. Um, just who we are. And a lot of shyness, by the way, um, is thought to be genetic. So you said that you yourself was shy as a child as well. Yes. 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 (laughs) So what concerns you the most about your son being shy in these situations? Are you more concerned about him wanting to kind of open him up to things? Are you more concerned about the other people and what they're saying? Are you concerned about his feelings? Like, what is it that exactly is making you feel like, ah, in these moments or after these moments um, are hard for you? I would say it's twofold. So in the Mm -hmm. moment, um, I'm obviously concerned about making sure that he's not feeling scared or what can I do to support him if he's feeling scared in these situations. He actually, lately, he's gotten a bit more used to being around new people because he's just had more opportunities to do so. But we had an example would be a Mother's Day gathering that we had and the whole room was full of people and most of them he didn't know very well and they all said hi to him and instantly he just started crying he was so Mm. afraid and so in that moment I took him into the other room and I talked to him and tried to comfort him but I think that's the first piece is how do I help him cope with these feelings in the moment and then the other piece is you know, how do I keep him from internalizing and creating any negative self-talk that comes from things that other people might say when he's feeling shy? You know, if he turns away from someone because he's feeling shy, like sometimes his natural instinct is to turn away. Like I'm a little bit scared. You're a stranger. So I'm going to turn my face away from you and not look at you right away. And he's gotten comments like, oh, you're ghosting that person. And Mm -hmm. he's even gotten comments like, oh, that's not very nice to turn away. And in that moment, I just kind of said, like, it's okay if you're feeling shy and and immediately jump in and say, like, this isn't a nice or not nice thing. Like, it's okay. You're feeling shy and that's okay. You know, and you can look at them when you're feeling ready. But I just want to make sure that these comments from others don't turn into a negative self-talk that he will have as he grows older. Yes. And society, the word shy in itself is, like I said, created with such stigma when it really shouldn't be right. Some people are shy, but I, I'm sure you feel that way. Like, do you feel like there's um, a stigma in the word shy? I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like picky eating. Like I always say like picky eating is a reality, right? Some children are going to be more picky or preferential with their eating, but the term picky eating, the term shy, like these are all considered the exception when it's just like we said, it's just who we are. And some kids have pickiness. Some kids are more shy. Some kids have different, you know, it's all just based on different temperaments and actions. So I think, you know, what you're doing is already great. Um, obviously recognizing that you want to embrace his shyness, encourage him to open up to things when he's comfortable, right? We respect that for every child. And then also control the peanut gallery and the commentary. I think those are the three things. Um, I think one of the first thing that we always have to remember is that yes, shyness is not a fault. It's not a bad thing. I've mentioned that. I think it's just so important. Everyone listening, if you do not have a shy child or you are not a shy person to really normalize that shyness is a trait, if you will, it's a, you can say the word feeling. And it's something that should kind of be embraced in some ways. I think we often say that it's not, but when you look at it, I always say like, oh, this is so great that you're just a little more cautious and you just want to 
feel a little bit more comfortable before you dive right into a situation. And sometimes when I start to empower the shyness and use the terminology that way, it can really help the parent also in reminding them that, yeah, this is a good quality. This is a quality that my child possesses. And I'm actually proud that my child is shy versus like, this is the exception and this is what he should not be, or my child should not be this way. So first we're going to embrace your shy son. And I think that's wonderful. I also have a shy son. And when we say that, you know, he's on social media, by the way, but when he's with new people in a certain situation, he does the same thing. He turns into my leg and he lays his head on my leg and he like, isn't that kid that just wants to jump in right away. He needs a little more time to feel out the situation. And it sounds like in your situation where you're talking about that event where he, you know, people started saying hi and he started to cry. I know that that's not going to be every situation for the rest of his life. And I think you understand that too, that yes, of course, this is a temporary thing that just happened. Maybe the amount of people, maybe the, you know, stimulation of what was there was a little bit overwhelming for him. I do like to try to stay away from the terminology of shy in front of children because of the societal stigma. And I know you said that you do that, right? Like you said that, oh, you know, you're just, you know, it's okay to be shy. I really like to just say like, hey, you're just taking some time to feel out the situation. And that's great. Um, I like to change the terminology a little bit. Um, kind of like what I do with picky eating, just so that we kind of normalize that, hey, this is not a label. This is just who you are. And Rather than saying, hey, you're shy, we can say, hey, you're just feeling out the situation. I'm right here with you if you want to get a little more comfortable. And then we kind of start to like look at different things that we can do in that situation. But that's the first thing I like to do is not using so much of the terminology, one, because of the stigma and because then people hearing will be like, oh, don't be shy. You don't have to be shy. (laughs) I'm sure that's happened because, of course, I've been there. And so kind of just saying almost reclaiming the personality and just saying, you know what, he's just cautious and he just wants to take his time. I like that. He just wants to take his time a little bit and feel out the situation. And that's really great. And I'm so proud of him for doing that. I often find that when we're in a situation with a loved one or maybe not a loved one or a stranger, and they're saying things about our child that is not the nicest things, whether it's about their body image, whether it's about, oh, come on, you don't have to be this way. But the reality is, They are this way, right? They are shy. They look a certain way and that is who they are. And so we want to embrace their identity. So when someone does say, oh, well, he's so shy, I really like to combat it with, oh, yes, he's just so great at feeling out the situation and making sure that he feels comfortable. And I think it's such a great quality. So in front of him, you just said something to a stranger, right, of why you really like that quality about him. Because I think when children hear that quality is something that their parent recognizes, and it's something that their parent is okay with, right? Then it's normalized. And you also, in that same situation, have now also reframed a comment that that person said to, yeah, you know, it's so great that he really is just listening to his body or, you know, in other situations, or just really taking a moment to just see how he feels and he'll get comfortable when he's ready, you know? And that's it. Matter of fact, there's no explaining, oh, he's never been around people or he's never done this. Nobody needs an explanation, nor does he, right? Because we could say that this is his temperament. There's no reason why we're like this, right? This is just who we are. So I would try to do that more when you're in those moments. And I know that person may not always take to that, but it really can add positivity to a situation. And when your child's looking at it, they can say, well, yeah, I'm just taking some time and that's okay. And uh, 
two-year-old is listening, right? Even though he may not completely understand what you're saying in full phrases, he gets it. Like he'll understand by your body language that this is something that is normal and I can stay right by mom if um, I want to. And that is what I'm going to do. And she's not upset that I'm crying. She's not upset that I won't just jump right in. Um, And I think that can help normalize his temperament in a public setting as well. I mean, those were all fantastic points. I love that language. And it absolutely is a very true, different way of phrasing it is he is, he's taking it in. He's taking some time to observe and decide when he feels comfortable. And I think that that's fantastic language to start using in those situations. Yeah, because I know one of the things you mentioned was the societal view of this. And that's why I like to combat that first, because, oh man, society, obviously we live, we're human beings. We live in a world where people are looking at what we do. We look at what other people do and it can really take away from our moment of embracing our child's temperament or working with them on certain skills. When there's that, again, that peanut gallery, people saying like, why are they not doing this? Or why are they certain way? Right. And when we do this, we, like I said, are just reclaiming it and saying, this is actually something I really admire about my son. And you don't need to go on a full blown explanation in front of a stranger, but it's something that in that moment, right. You can make it very short and sweet. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood explains in your podcast app that's understood explains warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust i absolutely love the spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And then afterwards, you know, like just say you come home from the party and you're talking with your son and you're playing with him in a very calm situation. We are going to revisit, you know, like, Hey, today we went to a birthday party and you know, I, when we went there, you were a little scared at first and he'll say, yeah, yeah, mommy scared. 
why were you scared? And again, as they get older, the language will come out more. So you're going to meet them where they're able to verbalize. And if they're not speaking, then you just explain what you saw, right? And eventually you're, they're going to really realize, wow, okay, so my mom saw what happened or my dad or caregiver um, really understood that I didn't need to be pushed in this situation. And now we're talking about it. And during playtime, things like role play, like, so let's see, you went to this event. What could we do next time? What would make you feel more comfortable, you know? And um, maybe there's like a friend there, or maybe there's a certain activity that we can look at. When I talk about shyness, I want to use the word anxiety. And I'm not saying that shyness is equating to anxiety, but in when we talk about anxiety, we talk about grounding exercises, right? The reason I'm bringing it up with shyness, when someone's approaching a situation that's new to them and unfamiliar, in some ways we can call it that they're having a momentary anxiety, right? Like they're feeling nervous about something, right? Like something in that situation is new to them and they're just feeling a little cautious, AKA shy, and that is okay, right? That is completely normal. So what do we do in anxiety? What we do in anxiety is we do a grounding exercise. So when you get to a place, when you're there and you have a shy child, you at first are going to kind of get down to his level and talk to him and you see, and you're going to be with him and say, do you see everything happening? Is there anything that you want to go take a look at? Is there anybody that you want to go say hi to? Because when you go into something that's really overwhelming, sometimes you want to find your grounding point. You want to find an object, somebody, maybe another child, and it may not be there, but something, maybe it's like going to get a snack right away, right? Maybe it's something that is going to give that child some comfort. So I'm going to use the example. Ryan went to his first birthday party and he's shy. So, you know, he walked in and there was just a bunch of people and he was like, wow, like this is not something I'm used to comfortable, whatever. And there was a big dinosaur. And so I said, I got down and I was like, Ryan, do you see that dinosaur? Do you want to go with me and go check out that dinosaur before we make all the niceties of going to say hi to everybody? Because I think in society, we expect you go into a party, you say hi to everyone right away, but that's going to happen. Okay. You know, like that's part of the social norm. We do that. But when you're trying to get your child comfortable in a new situation, these grounding exercises of just noticing something physical that is really comforting to them. And it may be a snack. It may be like a decoration. It may be something that they can hold in their hand. That's at the place that makes them a little more cautious can really help in breaking down that initial barrier. And then they may get to be more comfortable. That's a great idea. We haven't tried anything like that before. So I'm looking forward to trying that next time and seeing how that might help kind of calm those nerves in a situation like that. And, you know, you're right. When you get to an event, people expect you to say hi right away. And it's a social Mm -hmm. norm. Mm -hmm. It's seen as good manners. And I think that's the other reason why people have so much to say about shyness, because they can interpret it as poor manners. But... (laughs) Also, you know, we're working with toddlers here. <laughs> yes, yes. They're learning. They, you know, they don't always need to abide by these typical social norms. They're still learning and, them. And I do believe in manners. You know, I think it's, I yeah. am a very manner. I grew up with a lot of manners as well. So I think in the end, we are teaching our child that we're going to go say hi to people and do all that. But in a way, we're not forcing it, right? Because we know that you're not going to be able to force any child or any human being into a situation, especially a toddler. But if, The reason I like this is that then we get him a little more comfortable and then he may, I'm not saying there's a guarantee, but he may go to say hi to grandma or go to say hi to whoever we're celebrating. Um, And we ask the child and I know people get like, oh, why are we asking our children for permission? Do you want to say hi? Do you want to go do this? Do you want to do that? 
Do you want to come with me versus, hey, go say hi to grandma, go say hi to this person, go do this. Listen, I grew up in a culture where that was the norm, right? You have to go say hi to everybody. And I also had some shy tendencies. And sometimes I just didn't want to go and say hi to 18 different aunties and uncles at a party, right? I just wanted to get my bearings, you know, enjoy the event and then naturally move through and say, hello, so nice to see you. And that's how I work as an adult. As an adult, I'm not going to say hi to every single human being in the party. I'm starting and getting comfortable. Maybe see, go to someone you know, right? And then you break the ice that way. And then you move to the other people. Very rarely, I mean, there are people who are like this, the very outgoing people, but very rarely does someone who does not have alcohol in their system <laughs> and anything aiding them go into a party and just announce themselves like, hey, I'm here. Everybody talk to me, right? Every human being <laughs> is going to have some sort of grounding point in a social right. event, whether it's a bigger grounding point or something small, just to kind of get them used to that situation. And I think that is a social norm, right? And then you'll start to mingle. But what happens when children enter, right? Everybody's like, oh, sweetie. like, And it's like all of a sudden, like, 10 people are surrounding the child. Maybe your son hasn't met those people yet. So of course, normalizing that experience from that adult, right? They're so excited to see your child. I don't blame them for being so excited to see your son. And I'm sure you are too. But then we also have to understand when a small child sees a lot of people come approach them, not many kids are going to love that, right? It's going to be something that they're like, whoa, I've never experienced this. What's going on? And then the next thing is going to be, they're going to look at what you do, right? So in that situation, and I know this because you're also, you know, grew up shy and obviously you've kind of grown up to kind of find your own element at uh, social events and things like that, but he's going to look how you respond to the other people, but he's also going to look at how you respond to his hesitancy. So you did something great. I think what you've been doing is wonderful. You know, my concern would have been, and you're not doing this like, oh, come on, just go, 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 go say hi. Like, I went to an event and I saw that I saw a shy kid on the leg of a mother and the father was like, why isn't she going to say hi to everybody? And he was getting really upset. And I don't say anything at parties and social (laughs) events because I don't know these people and it's not my place. But I was just like, oh, the mom is doing, you know, in that moment, the mom was doing something really great. And she was like, sweetie, she'll go when she's ready. And she just caressed her daughter's hair and like, let her daughter like stand by her leg. And then eventually the daughter did go to say hi to other children or go play and eat cupcakes and all of that. But I love talking about parenting in the wild because it's so important to understand that we all go through that and normalizing that. Um, And I think that can really help when you're starting to get into more social events and really normalizing the shyness and again, creating those grounding points. Yeah. I think that that's something that I will keep in mind. You know, we've been doing that piece where, you know, we just sit and tell him it's okay. And, you know, when he's comfortable, he can join in. And I did thinking back to the event that I was talking about earlier, I think I did say that to him, you know, like, they're just all very excited to see you, but I can understand how having that many grownups talk to you at the same time must have startled you. And, you know, I kind of talked through it with him, but I'm definitely going to be looking for ways that we can find grounding moments in situations And also, I think kind of talking about it a little bit before a big event or maybe afterwards talking about what happened so that we can prepare or debrief will be really, really helpful. Oh, and in the debriefing, I think one thing that really helps is always highlighting the right things. What we mean by that and what I always want to remind is that we're not praising the fact that he was social, okay? Because I think that goes back to the social norm that he has to be social. We are praising him 
even showing up to the place. We start with baby steps, right? Because if we praise that he, oh, I saw you say hi to everybody. Great job. That is again, feeding into that social norm that you have to say hi to everybody. And that's what needs to happen. No, I want us to recognize that he showed up to an event. So that this instance that you gave me where he cried when everyone said hi, right? The debriefing that you do after, Hey, I really saw how you were being so brave in this event. You know, you learned, you were being cautious, all the stuff that you're going to say, but I, you know, I just noticed that you showed up and I think that's really great that you went to your first party and, you know, what did you like about the party? Right. So now we're saying, I saw what happened. I recognize it. I saw that you were being brave for showing up to that event. Now let's reframe and talk about what you did like about that event, right? Because we want to put positive memories with something that may not have been so great or may not have been so comfortable so that they understand that there's a big picture in our feelings, right? We are okay to feel nervous when we go to an event. We are okay to move through that emotion. He cried, the example, and then we're okay to enjoy the event. So then you can also highlight like, well, what did you really like at the party? And then he may, and you know, I know he's two. So again, I don't know the language, but he may say like, oh, cupcake. Oh, you love the cupcake. Yes. That was a really good cupcake and a very special day. You know, like really just getting into that sort of mindset of okaying the feeling that this is okay that you feel this way, managing the expectation that, Hey, he does not have to be a social butterfly. I'm not a social butterfly. Like you said, right. It's okay that he's not like that. I'm modeling the behavior that you are trying to show him. I'm showing him that it's okay to have feelings. I'm showing him that, you know, it's okay to kind of take a little moment to survey that what's going on in the environment. And then we're going to highlight the things that you saw that was really cool, like showing up. Like if he did say hi, you can say, you know, I saw at first that you were a little nervous saying hi to grandma. And then you like saying hi to grandma and playing with grandma. That's so great. And as your child gets older, like a three-year-old, a four-year-old who's shy, you're going to be able to interact with them more in terms of, you know, back and forth conversation. Like, yeah, mommy, I love when grandma did X, Y, and Z. And then as you learn about that, you'll learn what does my shy child need in social situations, right? When they're younger, it can be harder because they can't tell you. But as you learn about your shy child, you'll learn like, oh, grandma like showed him like a toy or something. Then you're going to learn like, oh, that was probably one of those grounding activities that he really liked. It broke the ice. It made him feel comfortable. It made him feel a little less worried that, you know, about the social situation. So I think those things are going to really help. Yes. And I would love, you mentioned something that I would love to talk a little bit more about not praising him for just saying hi to everyone. So that is not something that my husband and I do, but my mother is one of his very frequent caregivers and she is very outgoing. And I think she has a fear that what she saw me struggle with Mm -hmm. as a shy child. I think she has a fear that if my son is shy, that he is going to struggle. And so she has started doing what I have begun referring to away from my son with she has been what I'm calling it is like the shyness report card. <laughs> oh, okay. He goes to any sort of like new situation or event with him. When she comes back, she will say to us, Oh, he said hello to everyone. He didn't ghost anybody and is literally doing that, praising him for saying hello, praising him for not being shy. And I just don't know how to handle or I don't know if repair is the right word, but I feel like I need to repair it um, afterwards so that 
he's not getting that message of that, you know, shyness report card. And the goal is to say hi to everyone. In my opinion, the goal is to honor yourself and honor your feelings. And, you know, you can absolutely have a growth mindset and practice, you know, getting used to being in new situations and, um, you know, have progress in that shy temperament. But I don't think that the way to do that is to praise him for saying hi to people and for not being shy, because what if that means he's learning to suppress his own feelings and his own emotions to make other people happy? Yes. So in those situations, I would love to talk about like how you might handle that or how you would recommend handling that as a parent, either in the moment or as a debrief afterwards. If say you're not giving your child that you know, praise for just saying hello to people, but someone else who is a very strong influence is doing something like that. And so we have to remember, and it depends on the parenting situation and caregiver situation, like how much time is he spending with with that person, right? Like if grandma comes in like maybe every weekend or, you know, if she's like one of the primary caregivers, then there's going to have to be a bigger conversation with grandma maybe having her listen to this about let's, you know, get on the same page on how we talk about it. But if it's like happening occasionally that, you know, what you just mentioned, I'm not so worried about that because he's spending the most time with his parents usually, right? Like we, the kids spend the most time with the parents um, in terms of doing those debriefing. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, I don't want grandma to feel bad that she did that, that, you know, I understand where she's coming from that, like, Oh, he did say hi to everyone. That is really cool. And I think that's reasonable to, you know, grandma was excited about that. But with him, like the, again, that report card concept that that is awesome. Great. But that's not the value that we're holding with him. Right. We're just happy that he tried something new. And so maybe even telling grandma, like, Hey mom, like, I love it. I love that. He said hi to everybody. Like, you know, just before you correct someone, we always want to make sure that we meet them with like, yeah, I love that. He said, hi, that's wonderful. If we can start to really just applaud him for just even showing up and for just being there and for listening to himself and all of that, I think he'll really start to feel even more comfortable. Um, and also reminding her of you, right? Like how you had to kind of come into it on your own and you learn from modeling, you learn from just kind of figuring out situations. I mean, that's how humans learn, right? We learn by repetition. We learn by looking at other people. We learn at, especially how our parents react in a situation, you know, that that's a lot of how they're going to learn, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to follow based on temperament and choice. Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I think that's going to be really helpful to just kind of say like, hey, um, can we focus on this? Or can we, you know, maybe gear it towards this? And if you don't want to have that conversation because these things are not happening a lot, I think that those discussions are going to be more with him. And you can say like, grandma told me that you said hi to everyone. That's really great. And I really think that it's just so awesome that you went with her to that event, right? So you're saying like, hey, that's cool that you said hi. That's great. Nonchalant, fine. But think, you know, I'm happy that you went. And how did you like it? Oh, did you like that thing? Oh, you didn't really like that? Oh, it scared you? Why did it scare you, right? So then you're going to talk about the feelings. You know, parents' job, hopefully, is to talk about the feelings. Grandparents are going to be more of the fun, praising, all of that. We can't expect grandparents to parent. And so that's how you can kind of pivot and say, we're going to talk about the feelings. And he may not, because again, age-wise, or he may not have anything to say, and that's fine. I think as parents, sometimes we always feel that we have to have this major debrief after everything especially when our child is shy or doing something, but no, you're going to do it when you're able to, right? You're going to, if there was a situation that you're with him or grandma comes back and says that he didn't say hi to everybody and she gives a negative report card. And she says that in front of him, you're going to correct and say, Oh, you know, I think it's so great that he's learning. And I know he'll get there in terms of figuring out what he's comfortable with. Right. The tone matters, right? Like how we combated that. Because if we say God, mom, and I've been there, I have a mother too, right? (laughs) mom, like, why do you have to say that? If we do that in front of the child or in general, then that whole energy is kind of like, well, why are we like, what's going on? But if we're like, you're basically meeting it with like, oh, that's so great. And it sounds a little fake and act it like you're acting a little bit, but you're not, you're saying, thank you. I hear what you're saying. And I also just think it's so wonderful that, you know, he went and that he's learning and all that. So similar to what I said at the beginning, I think that's going to be the same concept. And then really when you debrief with your son, if there is stuff like talking about feelings, like, Was there anything that excited you? You know, you don't have to bring up scared feelings unless you were there and saw him scared, right? Like the um, crying incident. If he cried and a debriefing example would be, you know, when everyone said hi to you, I saw that you cried. You had some really big feelings at that moment. Can you tell me why? And again, as they get older, you'll have more information. But a lot of it could be because of just how many people. Oh, was it just a lot of people coming towards you? Was it too much at one time? Like you're just kind of discussing it with them. And It is a really fascinating thing having, I am outgoing and I have a shy child because he got my husband's temperament. Okay. And so as a mother who is more outgoing, raising a child who is more shy, I'm giving you a different perspective. Like I also have to remind myself kind of being like your mom, right? That, Hey, my son is different than me. He doesn't have to be that go everywhere and say hi to everybody. He may not. And that's reasonable. And 
I'm speaking from your, from that mother or your mother's perspective that, yeah, it's okay. And sometimes I do say like, I have used the labels shy in front of him and I try to get better at it. And, you know, on FaceTime, the mom or mother-in-law will say, oh, you're being so shy. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't really like FaceTime and that's just what it is. Um, (laughs) And it's all about really just saying it's so matter of fact that this does not bother you. So it should not bother him. Right. Because when kids start to see that something that they do and I'm talking about anything that they do, good behavior, bad, like things are labeled, da, 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 their personality traits. Like we want to really, truly embrace shyness. It would be to say, this is okay with me. I am okay yeah. that you're shy. I'm okay that you felt this way. And that's going to go a long way in eventually allowing him to have the comfort. Because what I see a lot with shyness is that we put so much pressure on our child to fit a certain social norm of going to say hi to people and doing X, Y, and Z that we put all that pressure that they can't just listen to their own intuition and say, okay, this is what I need. This is what makes me feel comfortable because when we can allow them to do that, then they actually may do the social norm. They may start to go say hi. They may start to do all the things that I mentioned after the grounding exercises, once they feel comfortable. But if we, from the beginning, put the pressure on them, right? Like to be a certain way, act a certain way, say certain things. We don't just allow them that pause and that freedom to just be themselves and learn and observe. Right. And it adds another layer of that nervousness because now I'm not nervous about this new situation, but I'm nervous about, am I making my caregiver unhappy because that I'm approaching it. And so I think absolutely just embracing it, being okay with it. Like I'm perfectly happy with, (laughs) with your personality. Exactly. Then they don't have that extra pressure and that gives them room to process those Mm -hmm. other feelings and room to grow. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And I mean, it's like anything, like when when you feel seen and heard on your feelings or who you are, then you can make some breakthrough in terms of getting more comfortable and all of that. And then also just, again, eliminating what the norm is of comfortable, right? Comfortable for him may be going to play with some kids, not everybody. And that's okay, right? Like we have to really understand that I respect manners. I do respect them. And I grew up with them. And I also respect that we can have some autonomy in what we do and what we say and model that in terms of, you know, there's kindness just because you don't say hi to everybody does not mean that you're not a kind person, right? We equate kindness with sociability, but shy people are also kind, right? Like I think sometimes it can be labeled as such that, Oh, they didn't say hi to me. So they're either upset or they're not a nice kid. No, I really love talking about shyness because I think it's a very awesome quality. And um, I'm glad that you were able to come on because I look at shy's children as children who just are really trying to understand what makes them feel comfortable and are actually very cautious in a good way. Right. Of course, for everyone listening, I know your son's not here, but if it's debilitating, right. If the shyness is becoming to a point where it's causing them true anxiety, they're not going to anything. You can't get them to go to school. You can't get them anywhere. Like they have, breakdowns where you're not able to use any of these tips and it's just not happening, then of course I want you to speak to somebody about it because the shyness should never be to a point where you can't do anything like activities of daily living, going to see people, going to school, anything. But that's not what we're talking about here. This is basically a normal thing that I want to make sure people understand that we live in a world with shy adults. We live in a world with shy children and kind of relabeling and reprioritizing how we look at what is valued in society, you know, and I do agree, like I said earlier, that society still values that more verbose person. It values that person who's the louder person in the room when actually the shy person, the person who's taking time to take everything in, 
could actually be the person who has so much more to say and so much more to contribute. And so when I look at shy children, I say, look, of course, there are verbose people who have a lot to say that are probably valuable. But I look at shy children and I really like to empower parents and maybe they're shy too and saying that this is a quality that is like a superpower, right? Like if we can really foster it and be okay with it, then this whole conversation of what we talked about, we're going to allow that child to use it for their own good and feel comfortable in their own skin. And I think you're already doing a fantastic job of it. Thank you. And I'm just really excited to have more tools now to help support him and help him feel more comfortable, feel less afraid. It's okay to want to observe and take your time and take things in, but, you know, to support him and make sure that he's not feeling scared and I don't have the tools to help. This is going to really help me feel like, you know, I can help him find something in that situation that might help him feel a little bit more comfortable. If you are a shy parent or have a shy child, I hope these tips and tricks and this conversation really helps you today. Sometimes it's just about normalizing the different temperaments that we all have. And like I do on every Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona episode, I like to wrap up the conversation with three take-home points. These are parenting principles that can be applied to many different parenting situations, but I explain how these three principles can apply to navigating and embracing your shy child. Number one is normalize the feeling. Normalize who they are. We all are different in temperament. Some of us are social butterflies. Some of us like to be more cautious when we go into a social situation. It's really important to understand that we all are different. And normalize your child's feeling when they are feeling a little more insecure, concerned about an event, a person, etc. Number two is manage your expectations. This is especially important, like I talked about with the mom, if you are not the same temperament as your child. So in the example, I said that I am a little more outgoing. I'm not as shy as my son. And I have to realize that he has a different temperament. He got my husband's temperament. So we have to embrace our child and the temperament they have. Remember that when we look at parenting, there's nature and there's nurture. Nature is our genetics, and shyness is a personality trait that is largely genetic. Like I talked about with the mom, she was shy, her child is shy. There are some traits that are passed down. And then there's nurture. So nurture is how we parent our children. So it's 100% nature and 100% nurture. I know that's 200%, but it's equal. It's equally important. So when you're approaching a child who is shy, It's important to manage your expectation and understand that this is who my child is. How can I foster that child's comfort in these social situations? And how as a parent can I know that, hey, this is something that needs more intervention. Like I mentioned, if your child is so worried about social situations, doesn't want to do activities of daily living, this is when it becomes a concern that we want to intervene. But if your child is a little cautious when they go to a birthday party or an event, this is okay. This is understandable, and we want to use the principles that I mentioned in the episode to guide them. And part of that is going in with a mindset as a parent that it is okay that my child is this way, but now I'm going to help guide them with an understanding of their temperament. And number three is modeling the behavior that you're trying to teach them. And again, without expectation. 
So if you want your child to learn, okay, we're going to say hi to people, we're going to go play with people, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, whatever we do as a social norm, you know, courtesy things, because kindness is nice, courtesy is nice, but we also don't want to just force that on a child and say, you have to do this. We want to just show them. Remember, so much of what our children learn is nonverbal by watching us, our facial expressions, how we move our body, how we get uncomfortable in certain situations. It is so much of parenting. So if you're trying to nurture your shy child and get them comfortable in social situations, you're going to accept that they're shy and that's okay. Manage your expectation. And then you are going to show them how you talk to other individuals. They can be right on your leg the whole time. You're going to get some food or go talk to this person. And that is how they're going to see how to interact. You're not going to pressure them and say, you must say hi, go say hi, and just dump them in without any understanding of their temperament and their comfort. But by watching you, they're going to see, okay, this is a safe environment. My mother, my father, my caregiver considers this a safe environment. And this is something that I may look at as an activity I enjoy as well. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I love having you all on. If you love this episode, make sure you share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Pete's Doc Talk so I can share it. Share it with a friend, share it with a loved one, and make sure you leave those reviews and ratings because that's how more people discover this podcast. And I will talk to another parent next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.